is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. This is our last program of the year. And then the uh, first week of next year we won't be here, but I will be here after that. Day in and day out. I don't do a good enough job of marketing myself, I think on this program going on and on about myself. I just don't do it that well. Because, you know, this issue of immigration is a very serious issue. About an hour before this program, I went through a number of my books, Men in Black, which was written in 2005, early on in my radio career. I spent an entire chapter on immigration. And I reread it. It's a damn good chapter. The vast majority of the decisions that have been made about immigration over the last half century have not involved we the people. The vast majority of decisions about immigration have come down from on high, the federal courts and particularly the Supreme Court. Congress never approved of illegal aliens getting free health care in emergency rooms. Congress never approved of illegal aliens having access to public education. Congress never approved illegal aliens having the same employment protections in some respects as American citizens or illegal aliens. All of these things were done by the Supreme Court. All of them. Sanctuary cities clearly violate the Federal Supremacy Clause, and contravene federal law, and yet the courts uphold them. Since the New Deal, the Supreme Court and the lower federal courts have endorsed efforts by the executive branch to cut off grants, contracts, and funding of other sorts to states and cities that refuse to comply with federal law and regulations. When former Attorney General Jeff Sessions applied that same policy to sanctuary cities, the courts blocked him. Presidents have always had wide leeway in determining who can come to the United States and who can't. This is historic. President after president, regardless of party. Except this president. When this president decided early on in his presidency that individuals coming from seven and then six Countries where there are war-torn, where there's civil wars, where it's impossible to vet the individuals coming here. Six countries that are majority Muslim countries. He was accused of being a racist. Uh, litigation took place in Obama courtrooms. And time and again, the president was handed a defeat until finally the Supreme Court stepped in. Supreme Court today, five to four with... Justice Roberts voting with the four progressive leftists on the court against the other four undermine the president's position on asylum. President's position on asylum comports with the Constitution and federal law. 
So what we have in the immigration area is essentially court-made law. Now, these judges know nothing about immigration. They know nothing about the border. They know nothing about ICE. They know nothing about the Border Patrol. They know nothing about what goes on in communities along the border, even communities in the interior of the country. They're completely out of touch. They live in their own cloistered environment where they basically talk to each other and debate with each other. The president of the United States is elected nationwide. He is the only individual in the whole country, he and the vice president, who are elected nationwide. Not members of Congress. Supreme Court justices aren't elected at all, and of course, lower federal judges aren't either. And yet, when it comes to immigration policy, it's all one way. When Barack Obama rewrites immigration law, when he seizes legislative authority from Congress to put in place this this thing called DACA, we now have federal judges upholding it and saying that it is unconstitutional for the next president, Trump, to use an executive order to undo what was done by executive order. So you can see the fix is in. So now we've reached a point where we're fighting over a sliver of the policy where the president of the United States wants to secure the southern border. This was the position of the Democrats a decade ago. It was the position of the Republicans a minute ago. The Democrats have decided they do not want to secure the border. It will be a victory for Trump and their base would go nuts because their base more and more is radical. Uh, It is responsive to racialist propaganda. And it is uh, balkanized. That's how the Democrats win. So now between the courts and the Democrat Party... We're apparently not allowed to secure our southern border from terrorists, criminals, drug dealers, coyotes, kidnappers, you name it. But they're not all that, Mark. I don't care. It's the ones who are. They create mayhem and havoc in this country. It's the ones who are. So law-abiding American citizens are told they just have to accept those who are not law-abiding, foreigners who come into the country. Lawmakers, members of Congress, are actually lawbreakers. A Congress that for decades has driven this nation nearly into bankruptcy with debt and borrowing and spending, all of a sudden, is very careful when it comes to spending money to secure the southern border. We spend a quarter of a trillion dollars a year, local, state, and federal, on illegal aliens. We're fighting over $5 billion to construct a wall. It's not all a wall. Some of it is personnel. Some of it is other forms of technology. But whatever it is, it is. And, of course, the impact in the United States, in local communities and states... The drain on public school resources, the drain on law enforcement resources, the drain on hospital medical resources is is rejected. It's ignored. The lack of assimilation, the lack of assimilation, the, the number of languages that are spoken in this country, not as second languages, it's first languages. The number of communities that refuse to assimilate 
because in this country, we apparently don't believe in assimilation anymore. The trashing of our fundamental principles, our Constitution, our Declaration, the trashing of the men who created this magnificent nation, who embraced Reformation and Enlightenment, liberty, publicanism, limited government, dispersed government, they're dismissed as white slave owners. Dismissed. And now we watch the spectacle on television, listen on radio, about a negotiation taking place between the White House and Congress over $1.6 billion. $1.6 billion. Out of a $4.4 trillion budget. The media relentlessly siding with the radical progressives, relentlessly siding against the country, keep talking about a government shutdown. What did I say yesterday, ladies and gentlemen? I said, and it's been repeated on talk radio all day today. Washington, D.C., the federal buildings are already empty. The government buildings are mostly empty. And they'll be empty for the next 10 days. Most civil servants are on vacation for the Christmas vacation and the New Year's vacation. They're traveling. But they're not going to work. If there's going to be a shutdown, this is the perfect time for a shutdown. But there won't be a shutdown. There's never a shutdown. I don't know how many more times I have to repeat this. 75% of the federal government has been funded. That leaves 25%. And 85% of that 25% is considered essential. 85% of the 25% is considered essential. Social security checks go out, and they always have, during government shutdowns, quote-unquote. We've had 20 of them. Medicare checks go out, and they always have. Medicaid checks go out, and they always have. This is a phony issue from beginning to end. A phony issue from beginning to end. So the debate here is about PR, about positioning, about politics, about propaganda. That's what the debate here is about. Now, Bob Corker, who, who as you know, I have denounced for years particularly starting with his sellout on the Iran deal, how he changed the rules to make it impossible to stop Obama's Iran deal and then voted against the very rule that he changed. Today he said something akin to, there's individuals in talk radio, talk radio hosts, who the president listens to. Isn't that tyranny, he says? No, he said talk radio hosts in plural. I understand there's some hosts out there who are very good spotlighting themselves. I'm not interested in that, folks. I'm too old for that. I've done too many things. I just don't care. My record speaks for itself. It's on my website. It's all over the Internet. It's very easy to to pull up anything I've said over the course of my career, anything I've written over the course of my career, and I'm proud of it. 
This issue of immigration is something I've been banging the pots and pans about since the beginning of my radio career and in my very first book. And in fact, it's even in Plunder and Deceit. Men in Black, Liberty and Tyranny, Plunder and Deceit. Three books in which I've written about it extensively. I can remember when I started talking about this. You folks probably remember too. Maybe you should. Conservative talk radio was not of one voice and one mind on this. Many of them believed in a comprehensive immigration reform. Many of them were very close to the Bush family or were invited to the White House or were listening to Marco Ruby or whatever it is. I have never, ever altered my view. Ever. And I never will. I've never altered my view on these so-called government shutdowns. Many, many times, those of you who have listened to this program a long time, I've explained each and every government shutdown and what happened. I've had to battle the likes of Karl Rove and others, Mitch McConnell, to explain time and again that politically Republicans are not hurt by this, but it is the only way for a Republican president, the only way, to get spending under control and get his priorities implemented. It is the only way. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I'm not interested in, and have never been interested in, what left-wing media personalities have to say about me or you. I have no regard for them. I have no respect for them. They certainly don't affirm me and affirm my views or affirm you. I've never sent Mr. Producer out and said, collect all the quotes from me from the media. I don't care. What I do care about, what I am interested in, is what I say to you. And if what I say to you withstands the test of time and what you say to me matters to me, their world does not matter to me. That's not why I do this program. April 25, 2017, more than a year and a half ago, when again, money was not appropriating in significant amounts to build the wall. Here's what I said to you. Cut one, go. President's having a tough time with Congress, a Republican Congress. I want you to listen to me. There's no excuse for this. There's no excuse for it whatsoever. There's no excuse for what Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell are doing or not doing. There's no excuse for the fact that the president doesn't yank them into the Oval Office and read them the Riot Act. I'm not talking about infrastructure, which they'll all support. I'm not talking about Bernie Sanders, Chuck Schumer trade deals, which they'll all support. I'm talking about the budget. I'm talking about the priorities he ran on and the priorities that matter to us. Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, their predecessors and their successors do not have permanent control over the Treasury of the United States to reward their favorite constituent groups and donors and to redistribute wealth. And the only way to address this is the way that it was addressed during the presidency of President Ronald Reagan. And yes, 
Be prepared to have a showdown. Be prepared to have a showdown and the competency and the articulation as a Republican Party that controls all the damn elected branches in Washington, D.C., to make the case to the American people that it is the despicable snake oil salesman, Chuck Schumer, and the despicable failure, Nancy Pelosi, who are destroying this economy, who are driving up the debt, and that we have a president who wants to do something about both. We have a president who was elected to fund border security. It was always preposterous when he said that Mexico was going to do it. And I told you that. And I don't care about that. Build that damn wall. You got the House. You got the Senate. You got the presidency. You got the bureaucracy. The art of the deal. Screw the art of the deal. It should be the art of victory. The art of victory. It's time to roll Schumer. It's time to roll the Democrat. So that's from April 25, 2017, because they have been doing the rope-a-dope with Trump, the Republicans and the Democrats, and they're doing it up to this minute on Friday night. And so we'll discuss this further as the Senate continues to meet on this issue. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Making sure the land of the free and the home of the brave stays that way. Dial Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. You've probably heard the big news by now. CRTV and the Blaze emerged to create Blaze Media. You've heard me talk about it for a while, but the liberal media in its current form is truly anti-news, anti-journalism. It's ideologically driven and it's phony. And they're trying to kill the debate of ideas by calling people with whom they disagree racist, neo-Nazis, and you know. Well, we're here to expand on our digital TV platform. And we have a merger of pioneers and pioneering technologies that I hope you'll embrace. And I hope you'll give Blaze Media a try and know we're putting out content right now that you're going to love. 2019 is right around the corner. It's going to be our biggest year ever. We're adding more hosts, more shows, and hopefully we'll be adding you. And I wanted a chance to give you, my listeners, a small gift this Christmas season to make it a little easier for you to sign up for Blaze TV. Right now, you can get an entire year Blaze TV for only $6.58 a month. 
when you use promo code Levin Christmas. That's Levin Christmas. Go to LevinTV.com, L-E-V-I-N-TV.com, or call us at 844-LEVIN-TV. Now, some of you are in a little bit in panic mode, or you wait till the 11th hour to get your Christmas gifts. This is the perfect thing you can do, right at your computer, right at your handheld device, or make a call to our toll-free number, 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV, or go to LevinTV.com. And get a gift. Your family members. And if you're already subscribing, make sure that when your subscription is up, you subscribe again. We'd love to have you. That's why we're expanding our platforms, expanding our programming, and expanding uh, in every way we possibly can to compete with what has become a very diabolical force in this country. No, not the free press. They're anything but a free press. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we could see this coming, this wall, this immigration fiasco. We could see Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan and Kevin McCarthy slow walking. We could see this wasn't really a priority of the administration. There was a lot of talk about it. But there was some um, buckling taking place. And so on July 31, 2018, not some reporter talking about me or so forth, me talking to you. So what if the government shuts down, such as it is? Whether it's the debt, whether it's the lack of funding our priorities, so what? Cut to July 31, 2018 to you. Go ahead. The Wall Street Journal editorial page today is absolutely trashing the hell out of the president, Donald Trump, who they never supported. Trashes the hell out of Donald Trump. Because Trump is saying that, look, if I have to shut down the government, I will. I have said that I want that southern border secured. Now, presidents have said that they would secure the southern border for the last 40 years. Democrats first blocked them, and now Democrats and Republicans blocked them. We have people who run for the Senate, people who run for the House, who say they're going to do something about it, and they get to Washington. They are absolute bald-faced liars. So what if the government shuts down for a day or two or a week or a month? How many times have I said, do you enjoy the weekend? Well, the government shut down over the weekend. Do you enjoy your long holidays, your federal holidays? The government shut down on the federal holidays. You like Christmas? Government's closed. You like Thanksgiving? Government's closed. Labor Day? Government's closed. Martin Luther King's birthday? Government's closed. President's Day, government's closed over and over and over again. Meanwhile, essential employees are always on the job. So what's the problem? Social Security checks go out. Medicare checks go out. Medicaid checks go out. The military's funded. What's the problem? All right, that's from July 31, 2018. Today is December 21, 2018. A month ago. I urged the president to give a speech to the nation over the border. A week after that, I urged the president to do the same thing. Notice I'm not playing clips from other media outlets. These are the things you and I discussed. I talk about them with you. And it's important to remember these things. Cut three, go. I want to give some advice to the president and his staff over the airwaves here. 
it's time for a very thoughtful, compelling address to the nation. An address to the nation, 20 or 30 minutes in length. In which you, Mr. President, you take the high road and allow the media to keep biting at your heels like chihuahuas. And explain to the American people that the Democrats simply will not help you secure the border. That the Democrats simply will not help you prevent illegal aliens from pouring into the country, many of whom are violent criminals. And that you have a responsibility as the commander-in-chief to protect this nation. And because the Democrats don't take their equal responsibility of funding this uh, as seriously as you do, that this is the only way that you have as a constitutional matter to force the issue. All right, so enough of the clips. And so here we are today. Yesterday, the House of Representatives voted for $5.7 billion for border security. And the Senate is battling now to try and get that done because the Senate has this filibuster rule. And so you need a supermajority. You see, you, with a minority, you can stop the building of a wall. Because you need a supermajority to secure our border. Seems kind of crazy, doesn't it? Now, we've had a filibuster rule for most of our history in the United States Senate. It's kind of changed from time to time. Um, one point, you needed uh, 67 votes to break a filibuster. Then it was reduced to 60 votes. There were periods of time very early in our history when there was not a filibuster rule. Of course, the entire makeup of the Senate was destroyed by the progressive Republicans and Democrats with the direct election of senators. So they're not held to account by the state legislatures. The United States Senate makes no sense. The structure of the Senate makes no sense. With the 17th Amendment. And so, you and I, law-abiding American citizens, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren of immigrants, who had to follow the rules, we sit here, and we're basically told to butt out. And if we dare to raise our voices because of what we see in our communities, because of our property taxes and in the states that have state income taxes going through the roof in part to fund this anarchy, we're told we are racists. And besides, we don't have any say. The courts have the say. The sanctuary cities have the say. A minority of United States senators the U.S. Senate, they have the final say. Not the majority of senators, not the majority of House members, not the President of the United States. You know, in some ways elections matter, and in some ways they don't. When the unelected branches of our government seize control over national issues, whether they're cultural issues like prayer and marriage and whether you can have manger scenes in the public square and this sort of thing, Elections have no consequences, apparently. When it comes to immigration, we are now told, this is new, we are now told that policy can only run one way, toward open borders, toward conferring legal and even constitutional rights extraterritorially. 
that the commander-in-chief has no say, no final say, over immigration policies in this country unless the commander-in-chief wants to rewrite those laws and act as a one-man legislature like Barack Obama. In other words, unless the purpose is to advance a radical progressive agenda, it will be blocked by courts, by bureaucracy, and by the filibuster rule. And by the filibuster rule. There is no reason a nation should fail to secure its borders. Unless, of course, the courts, the bureaucracy, and the Democrat Party put their ideology first. Look at this John Roberts, the Chief Justice of the United States. He's become the new suitor. John Roberts not only imposed Obamacare on the country unconstitutionally, he, re- he rewrote the statute, he wrote the decision. He was the deciding vote. John Roberts today sided with the four progressive leftists on the court and basically said the president cannot tighten up the asylum rules. And he won't allow it. In a five to four uh, vote. Meanwhile, sanctuary cities which violate federal law and violate the supremacy clause, there's 500 of them. Meanwhile, when the federal government uses the usual processes that have been upheld by the Supreme Court, that is, withholding federal funds from communities that don't comply with federal law, we are told by federal courts that that's unconstitutional now. So how how do you compete against this? When elections don't matter, when precedent doesn't matter, when the Constitution doesn't matter, when the majority in the Senate doesn't matter. That's why at some point you have to draw a line and duke it out. Some things you just can't compromise anymore. And this is what I've been trying to say since I wrote Men in Black and since I've been on the radio. As I told you at the opening of this program, you can go back and listen yourselves because they won't play their clips. Many conservative radio hosts in this country were weak on border security a decade ago. They embraced comprehensive immigration reform a decade ago. You, in my audience, Levinites, those of you who've been here a long time, you remember. It was you who flooded those phones on Capitol Hill. It was you who sent those emails to Capitol Hill. Because we organized here on this program. We organized here as we've tried to organize in the Tea Party movement, as we've tried to organize in the Article 5 movement. This is a very unique program. You, me, we. We manned the barricades and we fought this during the Bush administration. Subsequent to the Bush administration. During the Obama administration. And we stopped them. We stopped them. No matter how many clips we play of Barack Obama, of Hillary Clinton, of Chuck Schumer, of Bernie Sanders, and all the rest of them, Insisting that we do something about securing the border, 
years ago, insisting that we do something about illegal aliens. No matter how we highlight their hypocrisy, it doesn't matter anymore. They don't care. It's about politics and power, the power of the Democrat Party and the politics of the moment. This is why we insist that the Republicans fight. This is why we insist that our president fight. If not now, when? And if not for this cause, then for what cause? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Around the country, millions of Americans are turning up the furnace for the first time and then spending a week freezing at night. Why? Because they neglected to change out their air filters and their system failed. So this costly mistake is completely avoidable by regularly replacing the air filters at FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 sizes, including custom options, that ship free within 24 hours. And for those of you who like to kick the can down the road, Filter Buy will give you 5% off your order when you subscribe for auto replacement, and you'll never forget to change your filters ever again. This is so much easier than going to the hardware store or having to special order filters. Plus, they work great and are made in America. Filter Buy will save you time, money, and help you breathe better. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. And, you know, coming this new year, we're going to have many of our wonderful same sponsors, and we're going to have new sponsors. We look at this every year just to make sure we're providing you with the very, very, very best. You just don't go on a radio show. If you're serious about your audience, you're serious about your sponsors, you're serious about your affiliates, you review these things all the time. All the time. How to best serve them all, and mostly how to best serve you terms of uh, in terms of all these areas in terms of all these areas now uh, I want you to hear from the president today cut four go so we need border security and the Republicans in the Senate as you know are taking it up today and it's really up to the Democrats totally up to the Democrats as to whether or not we have a shutdown. Uh, It's possible that we'll have a shutdown. I would say the chances are probably very good because I don't think Democrats care so much about maybe this issue. But this is a very big issue. It's an issue of crime. It's an issue of safety. It's an issue of of uh, least importantly dollars. Uh, Spend two hundred and eighty five billion dollars a year on illegal immigration. We have to finally do it. The wall will pay for itself on a monthly basis. I mean, literally every month it pays for itself. So we're talking about small amounts of money. Cut five, go. This is our only chance that we'll ever have, in our opinion, because of the world and the way it breaks out, uh, to get great border security. Ronald Reagan tried many years ago, got a note from a member of his family, uh, many years ago tried to get a wall. And he fought for a long time during his entire term, and he was never able to get a wall. And I consider him to be a great president. He knew what he was doing. We are going to, one way or the other, we're going to get a wall. We're going to get 
uh, a barrier. We're going to get anything you want to name it. You can name it anything you want. But we cannot let what's been going on in this country over the last 10 years. We just can't let it happen. Now, Chuck Schumer, who represents the biggest city in America, Sanctuary City, you may have heard of it, New York City. And that's where he's coming from. The hell with the rest of the country. He said this. Cut six, go. And to top it all off, President Trump has thrown a temper tantrum and now has us careening towards a Trump shutdown over Christmas. In a short time, the Senate will take part in a pointless exercise to demonstrate to our House colleagues and the president what everyone here already knows. And that's enough. This guy is a sleazeball. These are not pointless exercises and they're not temper tantrums. It's important that the president is doing this. The American people, we talked about this earlier in the week. The American people need to know where all these politicians stand. The American people need to hear from their president about this and they need to hear, yes, from Chuck Schumer. Because one is right and one is wrong. Trump is right and Schumer is wrong. One is good, Trump. One is evil, Schumer. It's that simple. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here, Hour 2. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. During the break, I'm watching the news, and they're talking about the president's had loss after loss today. The Supreme Court, uh, before that, yesterday, in the Judge Emmett Kelly Sullivan's court. Now, of course, he's duking it out in the Senate. It's the president's loss, it's the loss for the American people. When the law is turned into an object to use against the law, ladies and gentlemen, that's tyranny. We have judicial tyranny taking place right now. Right now. And this John Roberts is just yet again another Benedict Arnold on the Supreme Court where he convinces a president to nominate him as an originalist and then he goes on the court and he votes with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Incredible. It's just incredible how deceitful human beings can be. 
because he wants to be written up by the New York Times and, and others. But what a fantastic, brilliant Chief Justice he is. He's a lout. He's a buffoon. Speaking of which, here's Schumer on the floor today. And so he's attacking the president personally. Temper tantrum and... There's no rational reason, ladies and gentlemen, that the president and the Republicans should even be engaged in this fight. We should just have open borders and whatever flows through, flows through. It's an amazing thing to listen to this. Cut seven, go. We had every indication the president would sign the legislation, as did our friends, the Republicans on the other side of the aisle. In the They're not your friends. We can't stand you. Go ahead. Yesterday. President Trump, hounded by the radical voices of the hard right. Now, let's just stop there. Hounded by the radical voices of the hard right. Are you radical voices of the hard right, ladies and gentlemen? Or are you just hardworking American citizens who want the law enforced, who believe in fairness? What's right is right. Are you radical voices of the hard right? This was the position Chuck Schumer had 10 years ago. Was he a radical voice of the hard right? No, he's a chameleon. He is a he's a snake. Go ahead. The temper tantrum. And here we are. All right, shut up, you idiot. And that you are. Now, Chris Coons is on CNN today. This guy is on TV all the time. He is a buddy of... Um, the senator from Arizona, Flake, and they try to present him as a moderate. He's no moderate. He's another radical kook. But he's got his talking points, so he's very good at it. Cut eight. Go. Let me, Allison, remind you, later this morning, the president is going to sign a big bipartisan criminal justice bill. Just on Wednesday, we were celebrating this big positive step forward that Republicans and Democrats agree on. Yeah. It was only when the president got up yesterday morning and listened to far right wing media that he changed his right, mind. That's it. So that's it. Far right wing media. Radical voices of the hard right. Sickening, isn't it? Sickening. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I watched some of this signing and press event on the prison reform bill, and I have to tell you, it was nauseating watching Mike Lee and some of the others with their new friends. You see, when conservatives move to the left, it's a time to celebrate. We have bipartisanship. And when conservatives pretend that what they're doing is libertarian, it is that much more grotesque. It is that much more grotesque. And they call this the first step. I can't wait for the second step. I can't wait for the second step. What are the priorities in this country? To get the debt under control? Never. Never. To support law enforcement? No. To secure the border? Never. What are the priorities? Among the political class. There are very few. It's a very strange week this week. Now, the government 
will be closed this weekend, no matter what. Tell me, how many civil servants are working tonight, Mr. Producer? How many civil servants are working at the Department of Energy, the Department of Agriculture, HHS, at the EPA, Department of Interior? Almost none. How many of you will be working tomorrow? I've joked about this throughout my career, that the weekend is here, the government is shut down. Almost none. I'm not talking about military and law enforcement. You know what I'm talking about, bureaucrats. How about Sunday? Almost none. How about Christmas Eve, Monday evening? None. How about Christmas? None. And they're going to go on and on and on about a partial government shutdown. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's midnight on Friday. Now it's midnight and one second. It's Saturday morning. And the government is shut down. Ladies and gentlemen. It always shuts down in that respect. It's the weekend. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. No, no, you don't understand. We are so surrounded and inundated with propaganda and dishonesty and lies. And it is never ending. It's just never-ending. My God. Ladies and gentlemen, in approximately four, <laughs> four hours and 45 minutes, give or take, the government will shut down. Oh, my God. Saying ain't so. Now, Social Security recipients, hang in there. Doesn't affect you. Oh, Okay. Medicare recipients, hang in there, it doesn't affect you. Oh, okay. Medicaid recipients, your welfare checks will keep coming, it doesn't... Oh, okay. Military, unaffected. FBI, unaffected. DEA, unaffected. Marshal services, unaffected. Federal prison system, unaffected. Oh, okay. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Nothing. You're going to live your life. You're going to do whatever you normally do. And you're not going to be affected. TSA, unaffected. FAA, unaffected. They're all essential. Oh, nobody told me that. I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that. Let me tell you well, what won't happen when this is over. The debt won't be cut. The borrowing won't stop. In the end, the border may not be secured. The Supreme Court will remain out of control. The circuit courts will remain out of control. The cowboys and the district courts will remain out of control. The bureaucracy will just wait out Trump till the next liberal Democrat president. Almost nothing will change. And yet, look how they report. Look how they report. Do we expect the bureaucrats to be working tonight? No. 
Do we expect them to be working tomorrow? No. Tomorrow night? No. Sunday? No. Sunday night? No. Christmas Eve day? No. Christmas Eve? No. Christmas? No. The day after Christmas? No. The day after the day after Christmas? No. Next week? No. How about New Year's? No. So what's all the hubbub about? What's all the hubbub about? Then we're told this is no way to run a government. They run up $22 trillion in fiscal operating debt, over $220 trillion in unfunded liabilities, and they lecture you and me. There's just no way to run the government. Look who you're talking to, Schumer and Chris Coons and Nancy Pelosi. It's incredible. It's incredible. The VA hospitals, unaffected. Just want you vets to know. Now they'll try and scare you. This is what they do. They'll try and scare you. Don't be scared. We've had 20 so-called shutdowns. Not real shutdowns, but, you know, using their terminology. Since the 1974 Budget Act. You were unaffected, most of you, by all of them. It is the only way a president can advance his priorities, and it is the only way a president can duke it out with Congress. The media are always on the side of the liberals because the media are always on the side of the liberals. Whether it's trying to impeach Trump, trying to indict Trump, trying to destroy Trump, trying to impeach Reagan, trying to destroy Reagan, trying to indict Reagan, it doesn't matter. This is who they are. What do I keep telling you? If you want real news, do not watch the so-called news programs. Because they're giving you analysis. Analysis. Not hard news. And I'm going to prove that to you one day, too. I'm working on it. I'm going to prove that to you one day. My big bone of contention with the president this week was cutting and running out of Syria, pulling 2,000 special operations forces, shutting down our base, throwing our allies, the Kurds, to the Turks. That's not what America does. What are we going to do? Be there forever? Nobody said we need to be there forever. What's our mission there? We're exercising our mission there. We've prevented Iran, Hezbollah, Turkey, and the other miscreants and malcontents from taking over that strategically important part of the world. Now the Russians will. The Mediterranean Sea, Suez Canal. Why do you think the Russians are there? Because they give a damn about Damascus? Why do you think the Chinese have taken over the South China Sea? Because they give a damn about uh, the whales? Dangerous world out there. What, 7,000 miles away? Yeah, and most dangerous places are. And they strike us from 7,000 miles away. This is very disheartening to me. What the president has said in response to it does not make much sense to me. At all. I understand Afghanistan a lot more. Because we've been there a very long time. We've had a lot of troops there. We've poured in billions and billions and billions of dollars. And I don't see us making a hell of a lot of headway. 
Not true with Syria. We've made a hell of a lot of headway. And by the way, ISIS is not dead. Why do they keep saying that? They know that's not true. ISIS isn't dead. Al-Qaeda is not dead. All of a sudden they're dead? No, they're not. But even more than that, Iran is the problem. Iran is the problem. The president knows it. He's talked about it more eloquently than anybody else. He's put the screws to them. But now he just turned Syria over to them. It's going to be a long time before we can get allies, freedom fighters, guerrilla fighters, the Kurds, and others to join us in these battles now. What's going to happen to those people? They're going to get slaughtered. Absolutely crushed, turned into mincemeat. It's a terrible thing. All right, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. City, Utah, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Uh, good, sir. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Pretty much my wife's a nurse at the VA. Yeah. There ain't nothing going on but the shutdown. She works tonight, Christmas Eve, Christmas. She's got the bad schedule. In other words, no shutdown. No. This is such a fraud. It's such a fraud. Oh, look at this. Look at this. There's going to be a partial shutdown starting at midnight. You know, Aaron, the biggest shutdown of the federal government occurs when? Um, On the weekend. The holidays and the weekends. Yeah. Should we abolish them? No. Well, I mean, we need government 24-7, don't we? It works no matter what. I mean, the, 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 the lies and the deceptions that come across as news is so pathetic. And let me tell you, they're going to keep hyping this all weekend. You want to know why? Their ratings go up. The cable ratings go up. The uh, the network ratings go up. I'm surprised they won't put breaking news! Breaking news! News alert! News alert! The breaking news and the news alert is don't worry about it, folks. Don't give a damn about it. Go on with your lives and enjoy your holidays. You know, what Trump should do is contrast when Obama shut down the government and shut down all the national parks. Because you're right. He went out of his way, Obama, to punish people. And Trump should come out and just say, I ain't doing that. It doesn't doesn't have anything to do with anything. I think Trump should go to Mar-a-Lago and enjoy his holiday. Enjoy his Christmas. That's what I think he should do. Poke them in the eye. Be done with it. Yep. All right, Aaron. Thank you, and thanks to your wife, the nurse. You take care. Always had great nurses when I've been in the hospital. Cecil, Nashville, Tennessee, the great WWTN. Go right ahead, my friend. Mr. Levin, it's a great honor to uh, finally be on your show. I've been listening to you for over 10 years. Thank Brian you. Wilson, the new announcer here in Nashville. He had oh, yeah. you on one morning a while back, and I really enjoyed it. I actually late for it delivery. I'm a truck driver. I was late Wonderful. for the delivery because I wanted, wanted to hear what was going on. I started listening to you about 10 years ago. I was in a coal mines, 
I was going through a situation, and I, I just caught very glimpse of what you were saying. You made a term about it's every American's duty to become an informed, aggressive citizen. And for some reason, when you said that, that term, you know, it caught my attention. I just started listening to you from then on, and uh, um, jumping fast forward to right now what's going on. Thank you for being knowledgeable and knowing what's going on. Uh, I don't know if the president has incompetent supporters like attorneys or whoever who's advising them in the office, though, but you were the only individual who broke open and laid out the unconstitutional appointment of Robert, Robert Mullen, the phony dossier. After you laid it out, then everybody had a light bulb come on, and it was just like, I'm like, why haven't you all been doing this? You know, I'm like, does <laughs> it take a commentator to bring this stuff up for you all to do hey, it? Hey, Cecil, listen to me. I love you, man. Don't hang up. I want to get you a copy of my father's book if you have kids or grandkids. Thank you, Cecil. I really appreciate it. All you truckers out there, I love you. Don't hang up, Cecil. We'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. If you turn off your radio and open the window, you can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. Let's not do this, but if I really wanted to prove my point, I would have a Levin surge and have you call all the federal bureaucracies, Department of Interior, Department of Energy, EPA, Department of Agriculture, Department of this and so forth and so on, and the phones wouldn't be answered. Now, officially, the government hasn't shut down yet. Government's open. Nobody will answer. Kurt, Salt Lake City, Utah, XM Satellite. Go right ahead, sir. Oh, Mark Levin, the great educator. Happy Yule to you and yours. Thank you, and you too, my friend. I wanted to uh, let everybody know that I used to be a non-essential federal employee. Right. And I I was affected by the, uh, when we got furloughed during the Obama years. Mm Mm-hmm. And and pretty much all that happened right there is, you know, we got an uh, uh, unexpected vacation. But the day before the furlough, they handed us everybody papers, basically um, explaining. These were from the federal government explaining that we were on furlough and we're to hand them to our, say, landlords, your bank for your auto loans and stuff like that. 
and they explain that you're on furlough and to please allow this person to be late if necessary because they're being furloughed due to no fault of their own. And it, it was fine. You know, and well, that, that last one. Did I you get your money? Because, you know, we came back to work and everything was fine. Did, did, did you get your money? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we got. Uh, I, I don't know of any time during the 20 so-called government shutdowns that um, people who were furloughed, temporarily furloughed, weren't, in fact, paid after the fact. By the way, did you know that legalizing marijuana is the new civil rights cause? Letting criminals out of prison in the first step, uh, bipartisan effort, that was the last civil rights cause. Now marijuana use is the new civil rights cause. How is it that all the liberal agenda items and cultural items are civil rights causes? Can you tell me that, sir? Can you explain that? Me? No, absolutely not. So now marijuana use is a civil right. Oh, boy. All right, Kurt. Thank you for your call, my friend. Yeah, I'm one of those that doesn't believe that we should just be legalizing marijuana all over the place. Those of us who have children and grandchildren, we got to give it a second thought. I have no problem with decriminalizing small uses of marijuana and so forth. I have no problem with that. But that's different than absolutely legalizing it. It's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre to me. I thought you were a libertarian. No, I'm a conservative. I have some libertarian beliefs when it comes to economic matters, for sure. Or let's do it this way. If you want to use marijuana, fine. You want to use heroin, fine. You want to use crack cocaine, fine. You want to use powder cocaine, fine. You want to use LSD, fine. But first you must sign a contract that says you will not accept any form directly or indirectly, of government assistance. You want to do that? Then do your thing. Then do your thing. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, to recognize what is beautiful and hold up what is good. The vast majority of them abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse, rejecting the idea of objective truth. They peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. This computer sucks. Do you know how many times, Mr. Producer, I have had to connect to get the call screen so far? 
it's like 12 times. I don't understand it. But I don't want to lose my callers. These are good people who've been waiting and waiting and waiting. So you see it too, right? All right. Let us go to Betty, Nashville, Tennessee, the Mark Levin app. By the way, I love Nashville, Tennessee. It's a great town, great restaurants. Anyway, go right ahead. Well, everyone else has too. We moved here 23 years ago, and now it's getting a little different. But anyway, I just want to say this to you, Mark, yep. is that my father was a fireman in Chicago. I had uncles in, in uh, Chicago, uh, firemen. Uh, uncle, a highway patrol in Bradenton. And I had a new baby, and I have a daughter-in-law who works for the federal government here in Nashville. And we're 100% behind closing down the, the, uh, the government. But I wanted to tell you, and I almost have tears in my eyes just thinking about this, is that this is your first Hanukkah Christmas season without your dad. And when I heard your dad had written that book about our police, I, I have a brand-new grandson, and he was born in September. So I not only bought that book, but I bought the Proverbs because I thought between the two, um, I think about the next generation, and I thought how proud your father must have been of you. But I think about my grandson, and I have another a daughter who's pregnant, and I think about how many of us um, that are out there that believe in the Constitution. And I have your men in black from years ago. I've been listening to you for a long time, and I just think is that, you know, we do, um, that we can believe that the next generation will continue on what we believe in, and that um, I'm so proud of, of you and what your father did, and it will go on to my grandson and to our next grandbaby, whoever that is. And uh, I just want to say thank you for everything you've done, and, uh, and my heart breaks for you with your, for this first you, uh... Christmas. You're a beautiful person. That was very, very kind of you. It's almost as if you're reading my heart, my soul, and my mind. It's, uh, I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you very, very much. And I want to say to you folks out there who this year have lost a loved one, um, you have my deepest sympathy. And you know... My wife Julie and I talk about this often. I can't think of anything worse, anything worse, than a parent losing a child. Whether it's to cancer, whether it's some horrific accident, whether it's going off to war, I can't think of anything worse. And during this season, Hanukkah just passed and Christmas is upon us. I just want you to know, I do think about this all the time. And you have my deepest, deepest sympathy. You have my deepest sympathy. And I have to believe, as much horror as as there is in the world, whether you look at Al-Qaeda and ISIS, whether you look at Venezuela, the genocide in China, so many, so much evil in the world. Whether you look at the Holocaust, it really does test your faith. But I have to believe, I have to believe, I want to believe 
in our God. I just do. And I know many of you out there are hurting personally. And I want you to know we have the the most compassionate audience. We have true Americans, patriots, who understand. Many people of deep faith. And I'm of everything I do, I'm just going to be honest with you. Fox, Levin TV, writing books. This is my first love, right here, talking to you. <clears throat> this is my first love, radio. And this is why. Talking to a, a woman who just called me, beautiful heart and soul, uh, almost crying over my father. Everybody has to go through this. We don't live forever. Everybody has to go through this. And for me, if you're a parent and you lose a child, that is the worst, absolutely the worst. So those of you out there who are suffering as a result of anything this year, I'm not trying to drag it down. I'm not trying to be a wet blanket. I'm just saying I understand. I really do. And we do think about you all the time in my family and many others, too. I'll be right back. Mark in. You know, you want to make sure nothing comes between you and protecting your family this holiday. You need Simply Safe Home Security. The storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is still ready. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is still ready. Say they destroy your keypad or siren, Simply Safe will still get you the help you need. Now, here's what I love about this maybe it's overkill? I don't think so. Maybe it's the last thing you want to think about this holiday? Probably. But with Simply Safe, you're always ready for anything. They believe nothing should get between you and protecting your family. That's why Simply Safe doesn't cost an arm and a leg. They charge you what's fair. 24-7 professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. There are no contracts or markups. I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know, especially this holiday, when you have everything to be thankful for and everything to protect. Go to simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com. And make sure to use that URL so they know that you're a Levinite. That's simplysafemark.com. Sally, Conrelia, Georgia, I think. Sirius Satellite, how are you? Excellent, Mark, and thank you for taking my call. You bet. I need education here. I don't, I'm not getting this. If a, if a government shutdown is so ineffective, it's going to be ineffective for the Democrats, as it is for us. And so why all the hubbub? Mm-hmm. And how do you see this ending? How do you see it? Are we going to get a wall or not get a wall? I see a temporary period of a quote-unquote shutdown. I see the president getting a little bit more money. He declares victory. The Democrats declare victory. And we still don't have a comprehensive wall. That's what I see happening. How disappointing. 
But, you know, his hands are really tied, and it really is infuriating. This is important. It's important that he duke it out with these people. It's very, very important that they know that he is prepared to duke it out with them. This really should have happened last year when I talked about it last April, uh, but it didn't, you know, and now the Democrats will, will control the House. And so that's very important, too. There's, this is going to be a tough year this coming year with the efforts to, uh, uh, to conduct this, this soft coup that I've talked about, this silent coup since day one, um, the battles over the president's tax returns and his bank accounts, which he should never give them should litigate it all the way to the Supreme Court. The media uh, becoming even more obsessed, more hyper, and uh, more dishonest. So we're going to really need each other. This is why I don't use the media to give me any kind of affirmation. I don't really care about the media. I care about us. This is our country. This is what we're fighting for. We're on defense And uh, even though I have my disagreements here and there with this president, I agree with him on so many things. And what I definitely reject are these unconstitutional efforts to force him out of office. They won't even wait till the midterm until the next uh, election. And even there, they're trying to dirty him up so much uh, that his negatives are so high that it becomes very difficult for him to win. The media in this country really has become a political operation. They claim to be free press. They're free press in the sense that they're free to do what they want. But that's not really a free press. A free press is a press that in many ways represents the interests, the best interests of our community. And uh, when they have a almost myopic, monopolistic ideology, that's simply not the case. All right, Sally? Thank you for your time. You, God bless you. Charlotte. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Oh, fine. Thank you. And I'm very glad to be able to listen to you, especially when I get confused and uh, don't understand what's going on. I appreciate your explanations of it. I was uh, upset. I have been upset a long time, you know, about this, everything that's going on with Mueller and the wall and what, why we voted for Trump. And it's getting obstructed every which way it can. And so, but as far as this wall funding goes, there's something called a two-speech rule in the Senate that um, that the Democrats can talk as long as they want during any legislative day, which can be a week long. And as soon as they get expired or exhausted, then 51 votes can close it down and 51 votes can pass the legislation. That's how the Democrats passed the 1960 civil rights legislation through that two-speech rule. So I'm wondering if that's what they can use now. It's not called New Well, Law. you've been reading our man Daniel Horowitz at the CR, Conservative Review, and I wanted to have him on the program tonight, but he, I, I realized that uh, uh, that was not possible. He's an Orthodox Jew, and it's Shabbat. So um, let's talk about this a little bit. I'm glad you brought it up. Let's talk about it next hour, because there really are things that can be done in the Senate. Isn't that your point, Charlotte? Yes, yes, and we have to do something because this, what's happening in our country makes no sense at all and that it's becoming uh, uh, an oppression of sorts. It just, it, it affects you psychologically yes. and emotionally. Yes. So. You know what? Thanks to you, I'm going to dig into this Horowitz piece, uh, Daniel Horowitz, at Conservative Review in the next hour. There's not enough time in this segment, so make sure you listen, okay? 
Well, I sure will. I, I listen to you, especially when I get upset or don't understand something. I say I have to listen to you tonight. Well, so. you're a sweetheart. All right. Thank you. You have a Merry Christmas, too. Tom, we have one minute. Stanford, Connecticut, the great WABC. Go. You know, I listen to the news and I hear about corrupt justice, uh, corrupt judges, not corrupt judges, but the crazy judges, corrupt justice system, about homosexuals, about LGBT communities, this and that and the other thing. It reminds me of the movie I saw years ago called Fellini Satyricon, Rome Before Christ. And people were basically lobbed. They're they what? They had this They live like slobs, you know. And we had a, and they had a, a, a armies that I, were I don't, corrupt. I don't, I don't share that view. I don't think people are basically slobs. I think our problem is um, what's being done to this society, and I think a lot of people are very upset about it. Um, so I don't really share that view. In fact, I don't. As a matter of fact. Folks, make sure you join us next hour. There's a very important piece that I want to talk to you about. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, this is the last hour of this program for this year, so I hope you'll stick with us. We had the wonderful caller last hour who mentioned the piece written by Daniel Horowitz at Conservative Review, and I think it's absolutely fascinating piece. The title is Trump doesn't need 60 Senate votes to fix the border and short circuit a shutdown. Now, that should grab your attention, right? Last night, Chuck Schumer said at a press conference, the Trump temper tantrum will shut down the government, but it will not get him his wall. The truth is that if McConnell would actually lead and enforce the rules of the Senate, this decision wouldn't be Schumer's to make. Thankfully, the president... And the Freedom Caucus finally decided to stand up to the establishment and discover the facts that Trump has a veto pen. The Republicans still control the House. The president threatened to veto the open borders budget. And as I've long predicted, says Horowitz, the House dutifully passed a budget bill of $5.7 billion for the wall. Would have been nice if this had been done weeks ago, and it would have been helpful if they included fixes to the asylum loopholes courts, and sanctuaries as well, but we'll take this. Don't we need 60 votes to pass this, you might ask? The answer is very simple. If McConnell and his colleagues actually used the Senate rules and fought for our sovereignty with the same vigor in which they fight for Supreme Court justices, the border wall could prevail. There's a big misconception that it takes 60 votes to pass anything in the Senate. That's not true. The reality is that the majority party controls the chair, that is, the presiding officer. The majority gets to rule on motions with simple majority votes. A bill can also be passed with a simple majority eventually. 
where the 60-vote threshold comes into play is only if Democrats choose to hold the floor and continuously engage in debate. To shut off debate without any tedious brinkmanship, yes, it takes 60 votes for procedural unanimous consent to proceed to the bill. However, given that this is the end of the line for the GOP trifecta control, there's no greater issue than border security. The Democrats will be made to look like the ultimate obstructionists on behalf of illegal aliens and drug cartels. Isn't it worth it to finally force them to engage in a talking filibuster until they relent? Here's how it works. Senators do not need unanimous consent to bring up a bill. The lack of a unanimous consent or 60 votes doesn't table a bill. It's just that opposing senators in the minority can request to be recognized and continuously hold the floor. In recent years, majority parties have never made the minority actually do that. Sometimes it makes sense to preemptively achieve an agreement because the majority just can't afford to chew up endless days on debate of a single issue. But sometimes there are issues worth fighting for. Either way, this is the end of the line for the 115th Congress. It's almost over. How do you get Democrats to stop talking? This is where Senate Rule, what is it, 19, Senate Rule 19, the two-speech rule comes into play. The rule explicitly prohibits individual senators from speaking, quote, more than twice upon any one question and debate on the same legislative day, unquote. Given that Republicans preside over the chair and control the floor, they can refuse to officially adjourn, opting only to recess temporarily and keep the Senate in the same legislative day indefinitely. This will ensure that even the Democrats who are willing and able to speak for a long time to filibuster will eventually be forced to surrender. This never happens and is never enforced because Republicans never force Democrats to hold the floor in the first place. McConnell simply won't bring up legislation without a unanimous consent agreement or without 60 votes to ultimately shut off debate. But if he forced the minority to hold the floor and enforce the two speech rule. And he kept the Senate in session. Democrats would exhaust themselves very quickly. This is a strategy laid out by James Walner, an expert on Senate procedure, who is currently completing a manuscript on the history of the Senate. Walner points out that Democrats do have the ability to challenge rulings of the chair and bring up points of order or call for quorum calls as means of prolonging their floor time. But Republicans can dispense with their motions with 51 votes. Eventually. Democrats would run out of steam and exhaust their two speeches per member. This would theoretically take several days, maybe even weeks, but it all depends on the determination of each side. If Republicans keep them in session day in and day out, night in and night out, over the weekends, and make them hold the floor, Democrats would eventually run out of options to block a majority vote to proceed with the border wall funding continuing resolution. The strategy is even stronger in optics than in the raw technicalities. Actually forcing Democrats to publicly hold the floor 
in such a dramatic and unusual way, particularly on a government funding bill, will make the Democrat speech givers look like utter fools and obstructionists during Christmas. It's always conservatives who look bad on funding fights because Republicans and Trump always preemptively surrender. They never bothered to pass a good bill and dare Democrats to block it. This time, however, they finally passed a good budget bill out of the House. If McConnell would bring it up on the Senate floor and rigorously demand its passage with the president ready to sign it, while Democrats are virtue signaling like clowns for hours on end in front of the cameras, the optics would be terrible for Democrats. A committed Republican Party could use control of the chair to grind down Democrats even more while also exposing their radicalism. The chair could enforce a germaneness rule against senators bringing up extraneous matters to the question currently before the Senate. In this case, the House budget bill. Walner explains the utility of such an approach as follows. The Democrats would be prohibited from using their floor time during the first three hours of session to discuss unrelated issues. A point of order, the chair, controlled by the Republicans, may call the filibustering senator to order and force the member to take his seat or her seat. At that point, the member will have thus used one of his <coughs> his or her speeches. While the chair's ruling is subject to appeal, the appeal can be tabled by a simple majority vote. I would add, the context to this debate, that forcing them to stay on topic would make Democrats stand before the American people. Let's demonstrate they are engaging in a Christmas filibuster on behalf of people invading our country and many with violence. Walner, in his strategy originally designed to confirm nominees, lists several other ways the majority can speed up the expending of each minority member's two-speech allotment. But the bottom line is that with control of the chair, 51 votes, and sheer conviction, maybe some coffee, a majority party can assert its will, especially with the pressure of a minority filibuster causing a government shutdown. This is how the civil rights bills passed. Republicans with convictions should recognize that having sovereign borders is the civil rights issue for all Americans, rooted in the entire social compact underpinning our federal government. But the operative condition here is conviction. Republicans officially uh, are control of the chair and have 51 votes, but they lack conviction. In reality, this is not a 60-vote problem. It's a 51-vote problem. Conservatives have nowhere close to even 51 votes, and that includes leaders like McConnell. They couldn't care less about our sovereignty and safety. McConnell was busy attacking Trump last night over the resignation of Secretary Mattis, rather than pounding Schumer over the border and challenging him to a Senate procedural duel. Now, President Trump could embarrass McConnell by sending Vice President Pence to preside over the Senate, which is his constitutional right. He can have an allied senator get the bill rolling by calling up the bill instead of McConnell. Trump must remember that his entire presidency is on the line. This is his moment. He must use the bully pulpit and every constitutional tool at his disposal to finally force a national debate over the integrity of our own borders. So the bottom line here, this is crucially important, a brilliant piece by Daniel Horowitz. 
They don't need 60 votes. Force the Democrats to actually hold the floor and filibuster continuously for days on end. Enforce the two-speech rule, where a senator can only give two speeches on the topic. Enforce the germaneness rule. They start to bring up other issues unrelated to the budget. They're out of order, and they've lost one of their speeches. In other words, there is a way to get this done. And they are primed for this, because 75% of the federal budget is funded Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid are unaffected. Law enforcement and the military are unaffected. The VA is unaffected. Essential personnel must work. And we have a holiday right now where most people in the government are not working. Let's post this piece, Mr. Producer, on Mark Levin Show Facebook and Mark Levin Show Twitter. And if my reading it Caused your eyes to glaze over a little bit. You can read it on your own, but I want you to share this with as many people as you possibly can. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know that it's only media elites and entrenched Washington insiders who believe that we shouldn't pull out of Syria. Did you know that? It's war porn. Warmongers galore. Let me tell you something, folks. My parents are and were very moral and ethical people. And they taught their sons right from wrong. And it's something you learn. It's something you're taught. It's something you live with your entire life. When you fight side by side in foxholes or in the desert or in mountains with the Kurds and others day in and day out and you have a life and blood obligation to each other that's not something that is about war porn or Washington elites and insiders. There are reasons we have allies. There are reasons why people give up their lives, risk their lives to join us, and we join them. I'm really sick and tired of the United States being talked down by people who claim to be conservatives like we're some imperial colonialist power. That's what the left does. That's what the code pink types do. That's not what we do. That's not what we've been doing in Syria, which has been enormously successful. The people who talk this way never talk about how the Iranians are building weapon systems to reach the continental United States. They never talk about how the Iranians slaughtered our Marines in 1983 or how they, they assist terrorist groups to blow up our men and women in uniform in horrific ways. 
It's the United States, you see, and it's the elites who want war. And so that's how you dismiss it. That's how you discuss it. 7,000 miles away. It's the elites. Can't possibly be a rational reason for any of this. And so people who are on the radical left, including some who've served at the military, are given platforms to spew their idiocy. Part of the problem is when you have certain individuals who believe in endless interventions. And they're quoted all the time as if they represent the Republican Party or conservatives. They don't. And then you have others like Rand Paul and Mike Lee. Who have no strategic sense when it comes to national security, in my view. Very little. Or the Koch brothers. Notoriously anti-military, anti-nation-state borders, and anti-law enforcement. I do not join with these forces. I expose them. Come what may. Let the chips fall where they may. We are not a conquering force in Syria. If we wanted to be a conquering force in Syria, take one nuclear warhead. We are not there for foolish reasons or no reasons at all. We're there to protect the continental United States from a regime that is gathering technology and know-how to attack us, to cut off our economic navigable waters. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. And as hard as it is for a commander-in-chief to write letters to the parents of these brave volunteers who join the military and go into harm's way. Sometimes that's what the commander-in-chief has to do. Nobody wrote more letters than Abraham Lincoln. Nobody. An American life means everything which is exactly why these brave men and women join the military, leave their families, leave their careers, and receive paltry paltry pay. And when we dismiss what they're doing, when we dismiss what they believe in, we besmirch them. I know of no real American who believes we should send other Americans in harm's way just for the hell of it because they're elites or they're entrenched in Washington, D.C. This is a buffoonish argument. There are a handful of people in Washington, D.C. who are, as I say, radical interventionists. They destroyed Libya, which was outrageous, and they would do the same to other parts of the world. I speak of Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio in many respects. But they don't represent the traditional, prudential view of national security and military operations any more than Rand Paul and Mike Lee do. All right, folks, I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's Paul Revere. Call him now at 877-381-3811. All right. 
Boy, the year's running out on my program. We have about 25 minutes left on the radio program. And then I'll see you in a couple weeks. We're going to have wonderful guest hosts, by the way, wonderful best ofs. So I hope you'll check them out. And I really, really hope you have a wonderful Christmas, New Year. I want to make sure nothing comes between you and protecting your family this holiday. Am I in the right place, Mr. Producer? No, I'm not. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. My computer's all screwed up. I'm doing this off an iPhone. When it comes to costly car repairs, you need options. Instead, you're often stuck bargain hunting for the best deal because who can afford to fork over $1,000 for a repair? You can't put a price on your family's safety and security on the road. That's why I have extended vehicle protection from CarShield on our 2010 Camaro. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice, and they pay them directly. And they also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. So if your car is 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay higher repair bills. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 trillion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like we did. Call 800-CAR-6100. 800-CAR-6100. And mention code LEVIN. That's L-E-V-I-N. Or visit carshield.com. That's carshield.com. And use code LEVIN. Why? Because either way, you'll save 10%. It's a lot of money. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN. Or call 800-CAR-6100. Mention code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. Now... I'm going to make two suggestions to you for Christmas gifts. And it's late. As you know, it's Friday evening. The government is closed, even before the government is closed. Two suggestions for the little ones. Our Police by my dad. Go on Amazon.com immediately. Order it. I looked during the break. It's 30% off. Get it delivered immediately. Get it wrapped. Get it under the tree. Our police, and I think you're going to really enjoy going through the pages, showing the colorful photos and illustrations, and reading it to your little child or grandchild. <coughs> That's number one. Now, number two, a subscription to Blaze TV, which includes Levin TV and 20 other programs. This is the way you get back at the media, you go around the media. You're going to be open to an entirely new way of listening about the news and history and economics and philosophy. And you're going to wonder why you hadn't tried this earlier. It's the perfect gift, even for yourself. But it's definitely the perfect gift. Again, stocking stuff or under the tree. You just put a little note there on what you're doing. 844-LEVIN-TV. I want to strongly encourage you to call them right now before it's too late. 844-LEVIN-TV. Or go to levintv.com. L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. These are two gifts. They are great gifts. 
I know you can believe in them, and I know you can get them right away, but you have to act now. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Ben, San Diego, California, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Love, love your show. Thank you. Hey, uh, so real quick, I, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm born and raised in San Diego. I spend a lot of times, uh, a lot of time in the East Mountains out there. And a buddy of mine had some property out in a little town about 80 miles east of San Diego, right on the border. And we would hunt and, and do target shooting out there. And about 18 years ago, or maybe 15. They built a section of border wall, and it's just that corrugated metal you see, 12 foot high or whatever. And, Mark, the difference in trash and water bottles and, and, and people coming through there from when the wall is up now to before it was has dramatically changed. I mean, before it was scary, right? I mean, you'd, you'd have to be armed to the teeth just to walk on your own property out there. And now the fence is up. You don't see all the trash and water bottles. You don't see people running through there. And then there's another, there's a section, probably another, I don't know, two miles past my buddy's property that's really rugged, and they couldn't get any fence in there. And that's right where everybody crosses, and the Border Patrol just sits there and picks them all up. So, I mean, the fence works, and even when there's spots they can't get it, it kind of funnels everybody. And, and uh, you know, anyone that says a, a wall or a fence doesn't work, man, I, I've seen it happen. You know, it, it, The reason it, the Democrats oppose it is because it does work. That's why they oppose it. The Democrats fund all kinds of things that don't work. The reason they oppose it is because they know it's effective. And you're exactly right, Ben. That, that is correct. And anyone that says, you know, hey, the wall won't work, just tell them, hey, take the front door off your house then. You know, if, if barriers don't work, oh, take your front door off or don't lock it. Well, if barriers don't work. Have you been to Capitol Hill lately? Probably not. You're in San Diego. They got, they've got uh, barriers that pop out of the ground, solid steel to prevent trucks from, uh, from driving into the buildings. They've got um, uh, uh, folks armed with uh, automatic weapons and semi-automatic weapons, military, Capitol Police. They've got all kinds of barriers surrounding the Capitol building. Well, why do they do that? Because it protects it. Protects it. And they're effective. And they're effective. So I say what's good enough for members of Congress should be good enough for the American people. That, uh, I'm with you, Mark. And like I said, that, that, even though it's a couple pieces of 10, 12 foot high, I mean, it, it works. Mark, I, I love your show. I love everything you do. I just bought my, uh, bought my subscription to Blaze TV two days ago, and I love it already. Thanks, brother. And God bless you. And have a mem- Merry Christmas. Jim, Egg Harbor, New Jersey. I know well where it is. Sirius Satellite, go. How you doing, Mark? Uh, my name is Jim. I'm calling from Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. Just wanted to say thank you for all you do. Uh, me and my, I'm a disabled vet, 100% service connected disabled. Oh boy. Uh, Watch, uh, yeah. So you know it's okay. But uh, was watching today and uh, saw the Chuck Schumer um, rant on the Senate floor. And my fiance, who's not that big into politics, looked at me. She goes, "Are you joking me?" It was almost as bad as the deplorable comment that Nancy Pelosi made mm-hmm. when he had stated that the base. Um, would never be satisfied. All we want is for our country to be secure. All we want is for rational people to realize what this border security means and what the actual people want. And it's very frustrating. Yeah, and they put down the American people and they try and uh, marginalize the American people as if these hardcore left-wing kooks 
uh, are the uh, mainstay of this country. Uh, this country would be far more effective and prosperous uh, if there were less of them and more of us. All right, my friend, and thank you for your service. I wish you a Merry Christmas. Tim Sherman, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. How are you doing tonight, Mark? And uh, right. happy holidays. Merry Christmas uh, to you, sir. Thank you, and you too. Uh, I wanted to call a couple of points. Uh, one thing, you and I have a little bit of an indirect connection because uh, back in the day, uh, I was an advance man for Mayor Pete Wilson and his chief of staff, Bob White, which led me into being an advance man for President Reagan, but when he was still governor running for the presidency. And, and by the way, Pete Wilson was a great governor. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Actually, probably the last great governor California's had. That's correct. Yeah, and uh, it was great Davis after that, and everything went downhill. Mm. The... Um, and being an advanced man is nothing more than a glorified concierge, as you know, but it was still uh, tremendous to be uh, uh, just even tertiary evolved with the Reagan administration for three years. Uh, the reason I was calling, oh, and I met your boss, Ed Meese, on a few different occasions, by the way. Um, the reason I was calling is, and I appreciate what you addressed with Mr. Horowitz's article earlier and the parliamentary aspects uh, with regards to the legislative process. Here's my question, because I understand all of that, and I understand the 60 votes is, is the rule to end the filibuster, et cetera, and I agree with you now that I've heard it, that letting the filibuster go might be the best thing to happen. But my question is, why was this $5.7 billion not put forward as a reconciliation to the existing budget bill, but rather as a standalone piece of legislation because if it had been put through as a reconciliation, as you know, the filibuster wouldn't even be allowed. It's a damn good question. Or why not have fought this out when I brought it up in April of 2017? In other words, why now? But look, better now than never, but still. And you know what? They still have a winning hand. They still have the uh, Roberts rules, the parliamentary rules that they can use in the Senate if McConnell wanted to use them. They could wear down the Democrats, as uh, Daniel Horowitz was explaining, based on the expert that he cited. It might take a couple of weeks. So what? Most people are on vacation. Now's the time to do it. But, you know, you won't hear this. The media instead says, we need 60 votes, so who's going to blink first? They turn it into a personality contest. It's like today. The Chief Justice of the United States, who's proven again that he's a disgrace, votes with all the leftists on the court... Uh, to prevent the president of the United States from enforcing stronger um, asylum rules. Uh, and, the, and the media reports it as a loss for Trump. It's not a loss for Trump. It's a loss for the American people. Yep. But this is the way they are, my friend. They uh, Anyway, I want to thank you for your call, Tim. You take care. All right, I got to find this, Mr. Producer. Let's see, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's take a little break. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Want to make sure nothing comes between you and protecting your family this holiday? You need Simply Safe Home Security. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is ready. An intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. Say they destroy your keypad, you know, or, or, your, uh, or your siren. 
Well, Simply Safe is ready for that too. Simply Safe will still get you the help you need. So what I love about this, it's not overkill. It's exactly the kind of protection you need. It looks at all variables, all possibilities. But with Simply Safe, you're always ready for anything. They believe nothing should get between you and protecting your family. That's why Simply Safe doesn't cost an arm and a leg. They charge you what's fair. 24-7 professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. There are no contracts or markups. I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know. We have it here. Especially this holiday when you have everything to be thankful for and everything to protect. Go to simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com. Make sure to use that URL so they know you're a Levinite and they know I sent you. That's simplysafemark.com. Before we get to Ray Charles in America, I want to remind you, as this is the last show of the year, I want to remind you, today is December 21st. These are the times that try men's souls. Thomas Paine, the summer soldier, and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom, freedom, should not be highly rated. Britain, with an army to enforce her tyranny, has declared that she has a right not only to tax, but to bind us in all cases whatsoever. If being bound in that manner is not slavery, then is there no such thing as slavery upon earth? Even the expression is impious, for so unlimited a power can belong only to God. Whether the independence of the continent was declared too soon or delayed too long, I will not now enter into an argument. My own simple opinion is that had it been eight months earlier, it would have been much better. Thomas Paine. Now, in your honor, ladies and gentlemen, America...
I salute all our wonderful heroes there. I cannot thank you enough. I wish you a blessed Christmas and New Year. I wish you health, joy, and solace. I wish you peace in your personal lives and prosperity to provide for your families. I wish you God's grace. And I wish this country continued liberty. I will see you next year. I love you folks. And God bless each and every one of you. Be well. Be well.